Please join me in the prayer for God to illumine our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, which can be found on page 574 in the Pew Bible. Listen to God's word for us. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Prudence will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand stand in the the way way of sinners, or or sit sit in the the seat seat of scoffers. scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and and on on God's God's law they meditate meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water that yield their fruit in season, and their leaves do not wither. In all all that that they they do, do, they prosper. Like a tree that's planted by the water, we shall not be moved. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Like a tree that's planted by the water, we shall not be moved. 
Today's gospel reading comes from Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verses 30 to 37. Listen now for God's word to you and to me. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Jesus sat down called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The word of the Lord. Now, each of the four gospel accounts are structured a little differently. Mark's gospel is put together in layers. It's chiastic, which means everything relates to what comes before and after. Mark's account of Jesus' life is like an onion or a Tootsie Pop. What lies at the center is what matters the most. And right at the center of Mark's gospel are kids, lots and lots of kids. In the passage right before today's, Jesus heals a child, and right after today's story, he rebukes adults who get in the way of him blessing little children. Kids, not adults or the blind or the lame or even the disciples, kids are at the center of Mark's understanding of the Christian faith. Are they at the center of ours? 21 years of ministry has taught me I know what happens when churches start to talk about putting kids first, about putting kids at the center. Those without kids get a little anxious. And they get anxious because putting kids first means putting others second, which one could argue is grossly unfair. A case can be made that in a church of all places, everyone should be deserving of equal time, a care, care, and attention. And I get the argument. It's a fair one. But then Jesus opens his mouth and speaks. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Now, before we go any further, before I continue preaching, I have to make something abundantly clear, crystal clear. I do not think kids are cute. No offense to all the kids here this morning or to any parents who might think your kids are adorable. But with my cumulative experience as a teacher, parent, and pastor of children, I can say with confidence, kids are not cute. Kids are challenging, stubborn, manipulative, exhausting, and let's be frank, a bit of a burden. No offense. Of course, 
course they're beautiful and they're amazing and they're full of wonder and grace and wisdom. Oh, they are, but they're not cute. And I think whenever we see them that way primarily as a cute, cuddly thing here to make us smile, to make us feel good, I think we slowly start to misuse them. And I would argue, mistreat them. Jesus doesn't take a little child into his arms today in the story because he wants the rush of holding a baby, a rush that is real. (laughs) He takes a child into his arms because that child matters, not only to God, but to all those present that day. As an aside, Justin Bieber is not my favorite pop artist. I'll be honest. But I have a lot of sympathy for Justin Bieber. My kids told me I couldn't call him Biebs, but I was too old. I have a lot of sympathy for Justin Bieber. As a child, he was thrust into the spotlight, singing songs about love and relationships long before he'd even finished puberty. And as a result, Justin Bieber, well, he's a bit of a mess. He's made a lot of mistakes, and he's sung nearly about all of them. But despite all his ups and downs and challenges, Justin Bieber is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. At only the age of 27, get this, he's won two Grammys, 31 Guinness World Records, 23 Teen Choice Awards, 20 Billboard Music Awards, 18 American Music Awards, and one Latin Grammy. He's from Canada, and he won a Latin Grammy. What I'm saying is this pre-teen idol turned into pop star is wildly successful if you choose to use the adult criteria to measure success. But if you see Justin Bieber as a child, as a little one, you realize how much we've all failed him. Justin Bieber, despite all his success, is lonely. So lonely, in fact, that he recently released a song called, wait for it, lonely. It's a painful ballad where he reflects on the negative effects of his money and his fame and discusses all the obstacles he faced during his early career when he was only a child. It's a painful confession of sorts with a refrain that I promise I won't sing. The refrain goes like this. What if you had it all but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me. I'm so lonely lonely. It's my opinion that all of us young adults, couples with kids, adult without kids, elderly, the homebound, and everyone in between, all of us, we are caught up in this unwinnable game, this unwinnable quest for success, for greatness, for status. A quest that isolates us, I think, from each other, but more importantly, from the life God wants for us. We get so easily preoccupied with our status, with our place. And as a result, like the disciples that day, we we all suffer. But the children among us are the ones who suffer the most. As a parent of of young children who is also a pastor, I have a front row seat to watch how our society's collective quest for greatness affects children, especially children in the church. On the one hand, we want our kids to know, we want them to know at the core of their being that they are loved and claimed by God. But 
We also kind of want our kids to be successful. We want them to achieve, to fit in. We want them to make us look good, to make us proud. And so I've done this guilty as charged. We enroll our kids in music classes before they can walk. We sign them up for sports teams to fight the fact if they're talented or not. And we give them as many growth experiences as humanly possible. And all this striving, all this achieving, from my perspective, more often than not, makes our kids and our parents miserable. The pandemic gave families a well-earned bit of reprieve. It was so lovely. No activities, no carpooling. <laughs> so many things were canceled. We had no choice but to sit and be together. But as things are ramping up again, slowly, but they're ramping up again, my kids at a baseball game right now in Poor Farm Park in Ashland, as things are ramping up again, I can sense how tired <laughs> parents are becoming. And I'm beginning to see how difficult it is for kids to keep a smile on their face. We are slowly returning to our quest for greatness, and in my opinion, it's making everyone <laughs> miserable. And again, Jesus, in all his grace, offers us a corrective. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. What might it look for us in this church to put children at the center of our life of faith? to welcome them fully into our community as Christ would have us do. Well, it does not mean, to be clear, putting them on display in situations that make us smile. It does not mean flattering them or spoiling them or always giving them everything they want. We should not gear everything in our community of faith towards pleasing the youngest among us, but welcoming children as Christ welcomes them does mean prioritizing what they need over what we need. Which, of course, is a lot more complicated and confusing than it sounds. One example of this challenge is playing out in churches across the country right now. I talk to pastors every week. They are struggling with the same things we are as we continue to struggle and navigate a worldwide pandemic. Pastor after pastor has recounted this story to me. While children have gotten used to wearing masks all day at school, many adults across the political spectrum have grown weary of wearing masks. So much so that many churches have removed the requirement for universal masking to make church more enjoyable, more acceptable for all the adults who have been vaccinated. This despite the fact that young kids and the immune compromised are not yet able to get vaccinated. And as a result, most families with young children are not yet fully participating in church life. Now, to be fair, churches like ours have made the decision to not require masks to be worn by those who are vaccinated because we trust the science behind vaccines. But the message being received by some parents, whether or not the message is intentional, is that the needs and wants of adults are simply more important than the needs and wants of kids. And so often the kids don't come. Now, 
Should we change our protocols here and require everyone to mask up in the hope that families will come? I don't know. I just know that any church that centers the needs of kids over the needs of adults will make choices that upset the status quo. For example, I know a church that took out their first four pews and replaced them with small tables and chairs so kids could color and draw during worship and have a front row seat to all that was happening. The kids loved it. Some of the adults, not so much. I know churches that remove pews from the side of the sanctuary and insert rocking chairs into the sanctuary to make it easier for mothers and fathers to worship with their infants on Sunday morning. It's a great adaptation, but it changes the look and feel of a sanctuary. Churches of all types have shortened their worship services, made worship more interactive, and even added screens to make worship more accessible to younger generations. Now, you've done some of these things here at Grace Covenant. You let little ones run around the sanctuary during worship. It's awesome. And you have activity bags for kids. You've thought about the kids that are coming. But as we enter our second year of a pandemic that is still a frightening reality for families with children who can't be vaccinated, what might it look like for you and for me to put kids at the center of all that we do? You may not be aware of this, but churches around the city are also struggling with a small personnel crisis. They can't find paid childcare workers for Sunday morning. Big churches, little churches, churches with lots of resources, it doesn't matter. They can't find childcare workers. Coming out of the pandemic, it seems the challenge of finding paid workers has found its way into the church. But from my perspective anyway, this personnel crisis is not the result of government stimulus or even COVID-19. I think it's the result of communities of faith from slowly forgetting their primary responsibility for their children. Should any church need to pay for childcare workers? Should any church struggle to find people willing to care for their little ones? Like those first disciples, we find it really difficult to put kids first because just like those first disciples of Jesus, our minds are preoccupied with other things, important adult things, things that need to be taken care of, things that need matter, things that matter to us. I mean, honest confession, I struggle to put my kids first. I am much more concerned on a daily basis with my job, with the status of my lawn, with how clean my house is, with how many dishes are in the sink, where do they come from? I'm obsessed with those things, and my kids are behind me asking for my attention and my help. At, at church, I forget kids. It is much easier for me as a pastor to worry about the adults, because it is, after all, let's be honest here, the adults who volunteer and give, the adults who evaluate my work, the adults that affirm my gifts. But the kids, they just, they just need so much, and they give so little which might be the point Jesus is trying to make. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it into his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. At every baptism as a congregation, you make a promise to love and nurture that child to help them know 
and follow Christ. And putting kids at the center of our life together is an opportunity for you to fulfill those baptismal vows, but it's also something more. For when Jesus reframes the disciples' understanding of greatness by putting a kid in their midst, he is giving them, giving us a way out of their own misguided quest for greatness, for relevance. Children are the cure for what ails adults. Because when we make time for them, when we prioritize their upbringing and their development, when we do the hard work of disciplining them and educating them, we simply have to put aside our aspirations and our desires. Loving them releases us from a rat race none of us can win. Anakam Schneerson was a famous rabbi in Brooklyn, New York, who used to stand every day for hours and hours on the street as thousands of people would file by to receive a blessing from him or advice about matters great and small. One day, someone asked him how he, a man in his late 80s, could stand for so long without seeming to get tired. He replied, when you're counting diamonds, you don't get tired. The kids in our schools, walking our streets, sitting in our pews, and even watching the live stream home right now, those children are diamonds. They are precious. Not only, though, because of what they can do for us. They are precious because they remind us that before we can say or do a single thing, before we can take a test or earn a paycheck or win a game, before we can be all adults, we are loved and claimed by the God who loves us as we are. Amen.